Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Saturday, gang. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein Talks Ball Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, game day returns today and kicks off with live and exclusive commentary. How about this? Of Manchester United against Manchester City at half past 12. It's been a tough few weeks for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he'll clearly be hoping for a win in the derby. Obviously, I mean, it's a stupid thing to say. He hopes for winning every single game, doesn't he? Anyway, we'll hear now from him. He's been speaking to TalkSport's Mickey Gray. It's a special one, of course. You know, the last time we had Manchester derby with fans uh, in the stadium, the atmosphere was electric. I think everyone uh, will still remember that one. and will remember that one probably more so than any dark moments that we've had. And uh, when Scott scored that winning goal in, in extra time, that was a special moment. Um, we know it's a one-off game. It's one of those that you you have to start on the front foot, start ready, because uh, a lot of it depends on who gets the gets on the front foot. Your head-to-head against Pep Guardiola is uh, is probably one of the best since he came into the Premier League. Is that something that you think about, or you forget it and you move on to to this derby, obviously at the weekend? No, you look at you look at the next game. I'm not one to talk about what I've done, or you know, I've, I've got a great. Uh, Great respect and admiration for Pep and what he's done. Uh, but we've we've had a few good results against them. We've had some good um, good games, but the tight games, and we need we need another performance like this. And sometimes you need luck. Sometimes you need the players to uh, to really really stuck out. We know this is going to be a game that we have to work hard, suffer a lot, but we have to believe in ourselves. We have to trust ourselves because uh, we're at home and um, as you say we've had a good good few results and let's hope that continues but we don't take that for granted we know we we need to earn it now man city have failed to beat manchester united in the premier league since april 2019 nice to know but pep guardiola guardiola isn't feeling too worried he's been speaking ahead of the match as well don't you know congratulations for united so for uh winning these duels against us or some of them. So, yeah, they do what they have done. is quite similar to what they have done week by week. Incredible physicality, a lot of talent, uh, people up front with, uh, yeah, with the ability to, to win games for themselves. 
good runners in the channels, good runners in behind, especially when Bruno Fernandes uh, has the ball. So, uh, yeah, Man United, what, what should I say? So, since the last uh, century, always is a, a good team with the quality, but there's a new season, new games, and uh, the seasons, the last ones was not bad for the fact what we have done finally in the Premier Leagues in the other titles. Now, Yorkshire County Cricket Club chairman Roger Hutton and two other board members have resigned from their positions after an investigation found former player Azim Rafiq was a victim of racial harassment and bullying while playing at the club. Chair of the DCMS Select Committee, Julian Knight, joined Jim White and Simon Jordan on TalkSport yesterday and called for a complete overhaul at Yorkshire. Yeah, I, I can't see many ways out for the cricket club apart from a clear out of the senior management because, frankly, although the chairman has fallen on his sword, he wasn't there first of all when Mr Rafiq was there, and although he has mishandled the situation at the same time, he has been taking charge of a board that seemed to be fighting like cats in a sack. So what would you say to, to those people who would say that you've already preempted this whole case um, with your accusation of endemic racism towards Yorkshire and that, that would prejudice the minds of many? Well, all I can say is, is it not obvious? that there's endemic racism at Yorkshire. And how is it that saying that racism is repellent is somehow considered to be uh, prejudicial? Frankly, it's just a fact. It's just a matter of common sense and also a matter of personal and societal morality that this sort of racism, racism is utterly unacceptable in any form. The idea that the word P is banter is still... In at any stage, frankly, in the past, but now, after all we know, after all we've learned, after all all the way we've come, frankly, is is just disgusting. And I'm sorry I call that out, Jim, but I will do, and I will continue to do so. Now, last night we saw Southampton beat Aston Villa. We can hear now from both managers speaking after the game, Dean Smudger Smith. But first, Ralph Hudson Hoodle. We are happy. We have. Uh... We haven't played our best game today, especially not in the second half, where we can play much better, I think. But in the first half, it was very good. Uh, a deserved lead, a uh, deserved uh, first goal, and uh, after a very good start. And yes, and then in the second half, they had put a lot of pressure on us, especially in the first 10, 15 minutes. And then we had to change the shape, and it worked a little bit better. They didn't have a very big chances, but you could feel that they tried more. They, they had to take something today, but we defended quite proper and this was good. Listen, it's painful because we've lost another game. Um, I don't think we deserve to lose it. I thought probably a, a score draw was a fair a fair result. They had the better of the first half. We had the better of the second half. And uh, unfortunately, you know, they've stuck a, a half volley from 20, 20 odd yards into the top corner. And we just haven't got on the end of some of our chances or, or worked the goalkeeper well enough. Um, you know, I can't. The lads certainly can't leave anymore. They left it, everything out on the pitch today. You know, that was only Leon Bailey, who we signed at the start of the season, his second full start this season. Um, you know, uh, Danny Ings is injured. We've got Esri Konza, wrongly in my opinion, back at Bodymore Heath. Um, Morgan Sanson's been struggling with COVID. So, you know, we've... We've had a few injuries. I mean, five of our substitutes today were academy graduates and two of them got on the pitch. So we've got a good academy, we know that. Um, you know, but if we get them injuries back, Douglas Lewis is a big loss for us. Um, you know, we get them back and we have to regroup now, certainly during the international break, and get ready for the next game. 
Brighton host Newcastle later on today. The game will be live and exclusive on TalkSport at half past five. Eddie Howe is expected to be named as the new Newcastle manager soon, but interim boss Graham Jones will remain in charge for today's match. He's been speaking ahead of what could be his final game in charge and thinks Howe is a good manager. Well, if it is Eddie, and we don't know, uh, I, have, I have crossed paths with Eddie on many occasions. I think him and Jay's career started very similar at the minor Robertos. Uh, we always seem to be playing against each other. I know, I know the method of work. I work, I worked as one of Jason's assistants down there in in Bournemouth for for five months, and obviously Jason carried on the method of work that him and Eddie had put together. So they're, they're elite people. Stephen Purchase, I know well, and Simon Weatherson well. But as I've said here this minute in time. It's all speculation. Until things are signed, sealed and delivered, that it's speculation. And as we sit here right now, that's where we are. Uh, I know that I'm taking the Brighton game. Beyond that, I don't know. Until it's, until it's in, written in stone, I just continue doing the, the job that I've done here for the last 10 months, which is trying to prepare the team to the best of my ability in the coaching staff. Chelsea face Burnley. Come on, the Burnleys. At 3pm today. And there will certainly be some eyes on Callum Hudson-Odoi after Gareth Southgate revealed the winger snubbed the call-up for the England under-21 squad earlier on in the week. Yesterday, I was alongside DB Darren Bent on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time and we spoke about Hudson-Odoi on the show. It is difficult if you're a young player, you've been with the senior team, he went back and played with the under-21s in the last cycle. And then to go again a second cycle, I could understand, is is a difficult challenge. So we would still like him to do that, but he wants to back himself with his Chelsea form to get back into the seniors, and I totally respect that. So by not being in the under-21s, he misses a bit of an opportunity to impress us and to be able to come across if if we need players for training and those sorts of things. Um, he's He's had a couple of good matches for Chelsea. I know Thomas is guarded about how uh, much he, he goes uh, with the praise on that <clears throat> but it's good to see him back playing and um, and uh, playing you know more regularly at first team level and he knows the challenge that's ahead but he knows also that we're constantly watching him and he's young enough to to be you know, and talented enough to, to mount a serious challenge as we move forward. Your under-21 form doesn't get you in a senior national side? No. Do you know what I mean? Like, Eddie Nketiah is the highest scoring player ever to play for the under-21s. Is he any close to getting in that England no. squad? No, he's not. So your form is know, your but, club form. No, but does it not Does it not send a bad message? So you played yeah, under-21 that, football, that, that's right? That's the worst thing. Is okay. the, is the, the message that he sends in terms of potentially an attitude problem you should never turn it down For, it, was it I'm, Bentley turned it down a few times yeah he? and he didn't go back did he yeah mm. I don't see the be- what's the benefit of turning it down surely it should be an honour privilege someone comes knocking at the door do you want to represent your country at mm. under 21 level I loved it why would you turn it down you, you're the sixth highest goal scorer under 21 level for England right mm-hmm. Every time they phoned you up and said, do you want to play under 20 and you jump at the chance? I did, yeah. And do you know what? I was probably in a time where it was a little bit political because I probably I didn't start playing games for the under-21s until I got to the Premier League. So even though I was in the old Division 1 then, and then I think my last season at Ipswich, was the cha- that's when it moved to the Championship, I was still outscoring everyone who was like Michael Peters. Yeah. But because they were in the Premier League and I wasn't, I still couldn't start games. Like, and it was, so it was a bit of a political element, do you know what I mean? But the moment I went to Charlton, that was it. Started every single game. But I think for these players, you're right, you should never, ever 
turn your back on international football because you didn't know when it's going to come again. Why would they do it? Why would someone like Callum Hudson or Doy do that? Well, from his perspective, he's probably had a, a taste of England. He's been in the full national side. And he probably feels like a little bit of a slap in the face to get pushed back down. But does it? But the message it sends out is, I'm too good for that. Well, well listen, it, it happened to me in terms of, I got in the senior squad. We had a big uh, European Championship game coming up against France. And Sven Goranoksen just basically went, all right, well, listen, I think you're going to get more experience. Not experience, but I think I want to see the under-21s do well. So I'm going to push you back down this. I'd already been in the, the England national team, but yeah. he wanted me to go back and play for the under-21s. And I had no issue with that whatsoever. The group, group of lads, loved playing for my country. It was a chance to go, go back out there, score some goals. Did you feel as honoured representing England at under-21 levels as you did senior level? Any Any age. And we finished today's podcast with a great story. Former Manchester United and French left-back Patrice Evra joined Alan Brazil and Ray Parler on TalkSport Breakfast yesterday morning. He recalled having lunch at Cristiano Ronaldo's house and it's fair to say he didn't enjoy it. You know, when you invite me for lunch, don't ever go for lunch because you're going to have one of the most boring lunch at Cristiano House because it's salad, plain chicken, water, <laughs> nothing, no, no even fizzy water. Like after that, we went in the garden, training a little bit. After we went swimming, the sauna. And in one point I look at him, I said, but, but you know, bro, we just finished the training session. And why we have to do a second training session? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Game day returns today, of course, on TalkSport. And we have live and exclusive commentary of Manchester United against Man City. That one at half past 12. Palace against Wolves at three. And Brighton against Newcastle. That one's at half past five tonight. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time show on Monday at four. Yeah, not the sports bar. Durham's away on Monday. So I'm doing Monday to Friday all next week. 4pm alongside Goffey on Monday. Make sure you join me for that. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get until then. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.